Welcome to episode 299. Do you know just how many chemicals and toxins there are in your food, in your water, and in your home? The answer is loads. The question, however, is what is it doing to your body? If you have unexplainable energy crashes, gut issues that no doctor can figure out, mental health and emotional problems that don't seem rooted in psychological answers, or a diagnosis or disease that no one seems to be able to fix, it might be because all the toxins that you've absorbed over the course of your life that have caused unexplainable symptoms and conditions have led to this outcome. If any of that is a thing for you and you're sick of bouncing around from practitioner to specialist, then today's podcast episode is possibly worth checking out because we discuss how the toxic load of your home is causing your health issues, which testing you need to do to figure out which toxins are the exact problem and where to begin with the actual detoxing of your home in a way that doesn't cost a lot of money, which side note, it's not a juice cleanse. (laughs) Sorry. Every human on the earth should be interested in how they can detox their home so you and your kids can be fit, strong, and healthy, rather than walking out of the pharmacy rattling. So, let's get into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. And hopefully today we're going to melt your brain in all of the right ways because we have a fantastic guest here with us to share his wisdom and knowledge. Before we jump into that, though, in 2023, it's my mission to coach 500 people to stop the binge eating and savage self-talk cycle so they can lose weight whilst feeling in control and without restriction along the way. And if that sounds appealing or resonates in any way, please scroll down to the show notes, click the link and start a conversation with me to see if you and I are a match or not. So with me here on the podcast Airwaves, we have Dr. Peter Kozlowski, otherwise known as Dr. Koz, whom is a functional medicine doctor. He started as a mainstream Western medicine guy. And then as you might be able to imagine, like many of us do, he had his own experience and own interface with the system from the position of being a patient. But not only that, he also had a senior clinician throughout his initial training that would prescribe patients vitamins. And this was the doorway that took him to where he is today. Originally, Dr. Kozlowski did his residency in family practice, but sometime later started training in functional medicine. He trained in the clinics of some of the big dogs in this world, which you might recognize the names of, like Dr. Mark Hyman, Dr. Deepak Chopra, and Dr. Susan Blum. And in the last little while, the, this amazing mind has been writing books, and the latest one being Unfunk Your Gut, which is a deep dive into gut health. Along with that, his expertise extends to things like food sensitivities, hormone imbalances, detoxing the toxic chemicals like heavy metals and mold, and most importantly, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. So, Peter, a warm welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. How are you? I'm honored to be here. I want to learn how to not get sick and die. I'm ready. <laughs> well, you're going to teach us that. <laughs> Before we get into it, though, something we just touched on, and I'd love to hear a bit more about it, is that you're a big sports fan, yeah. and you grew up, and you still are in Chicago, but you grew up in Chicago in the 90s. So tell us about being in Chicago in the 90s and the, the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan and all those things. Well, I think the biggest thing is, is that I grew up thinking I would be Michael Jordan. 
And <laughs> I still have that dream. I still go out and play basketball and still hope one day the Bulls call me up and, and they need a new shooting guard. <laughs> um, it just life revolved around basketball. My, my parents are actually immigrants from Poland. I was born in Chicago. They didn't know what basketball was. For me, it was kind of a, a way to assimilate into American culture. Um, I've always loved all sports. And whether we were in the car, I mean, it wasn't the way it is now with like a hundred different apps where you could watch every game. Like I was lucky because it was local TV and I got to watch every game uh, because of how famous he was. It wasn't that easy to get to games. So I only went to a couple games uh, during his time, maybe one a year, actually. Uh, one of my most traumatic moments of my life was, is I was at a game and, and they hand out those balloons and you wave those balloons when somebody's shooting a free throw. And I kept hitting the woman in front of me <laughs> and she turned around and bit my balloon and no. crushed me. I still think about it. <laughs> but, that sounds like some big trauma. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, I think the uh, an interesting thing is my my family, we traveled. And, and then as I grew up, I loved traveling. I loved exploring the world. And everywhere I've ever been, and still now to this day, when, when people ask, doesn't matter whether it's been in Asia or Europe or South America or wherever, and I, and I say, I'm from Chicago, and they're like, oh, Michael Jordan. Yeah. And like that used to happen, but that still happens now, you know, and wow. that, that's just incredible. But um, he was the GOAT, and yeah, he still is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think as well, the Netflix documentary series, um, The Last Dance, has really... <laughs> really pushed that that the latest generation like maybe the gen z into that michael jordan awareness and so not only was he already the biggest you know name on the planet which was actually amazing because there was no social media right like there was i mean there was newspapers and the, the tv but nowadays we can you know find anybody anywhere in the world at any moment but right. um but yes but such a He's such an inspiring figure to grow up within some distance of i would imagine <laughs> yeah felt like i knew him <laughs> totally. <laughs> so I'm curious, let's get into this medical sort of stuff. Sure. I'm curious to hear from people that share, I guess, something similar to myself, which is that we worked in what mainstream medicine for a period of time and maybe not only worked, but truly believed what I did. And speaking for myself there is truly believed that I was involved in you know, the best possible system and idea about helping and healing people. And I guess, something happened which resulted in us being on the other side of the conversation which is you know i remember being referred to for a while in the hospital as the office hippie <laughs> and 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 you know i'm now in a world that many of my former colleagues sort of roll their eyes at so i want to know from yourself in your journey what were the epiphanies that you had that got you to go from sort of mainstream doctor focused on the symptom drug sort of ideology across to cause based diet and lifestyle management approach of functional medicine? Yeah, I think my story is uh, a touch different. I, I think one similarity between a lot of physicians and, and, uh, and practitioners in this world I've met is disease, right? You, mm -hmm. you, you're practicing in the medical world, you get sick and you're not getting better and you realize, okay, what I'm doing isn't working, so I'm going to try something else. And, and for most people, that's more of like a physical disease. For me, it was a mental disease. Um, so I'm a mm -hmm. recovering alcoholic, um, never dreamed I would say that. But 
I tried to stop drinking and I couldn't. Um, I didn't think I was an alcoholic because I wasn't on the street. I was very successful. I was crushing it. And, but yet on the weekends, like I needed to have way too many drinks. And so I went to treatment to try to figure out what was wrong. And the treatment was all about why. It, it, we never really talked about the drinking and I was so confused. I was like, when are we going to talk about the drinking? And they're like, well, what happened when you were young and what happened this? And I'm like, well, Michael Jordan happened, like, you know, and no, but it was really about figuring out like what drove me, um, which goes back to me being an immigrant and feeling like I never fit in and, and not feeling good enough and not feeling a part of. Um, and for me, I discovered alcohol when I was like 13 and right away it fixed all my insecurities and it right. worked for me until it didn't. Um, but that, that was the, it was all about root cause, which was a concept. I mean, I was, I was in residencies. So when I went to treatment, I was an intern in residency. So my first year of practicing and like nobody I'd been through four years of medical school, uh, almost a full year of residency. Nobody ever really talked to me about why it was learn the system and then learn what pill is going to fix that system without thinking about the other systems. Right. Mm -hmm. So you, I would have thought I would have went to treatment for my problem and they would have been like, well, let's just talk, give you a pill for, for alcohol. And it was like, no, let, let's talk about meditation. Let's talk about acupuncture. Let's talk about yoga. Let's talk about therapy. Let's talk about your parents. Let's talk about your social life, all this stuff, the, the root cause. And, and so then when I went back to residency, uh, as you mentioned, I had this this mentor that we used to make fun of. We we thought he was a joke. Like whenever he would come on to service and he would have us prescribing vitamin D and a multivitamin, we laughed mm -hmm. at him. And, and then it was only through my own journey that one day I actually listened to him. I asked him, I was like, why are you weird? Like, what are you doing? And, and he's like, well, I'm studying functional medicine. And, and so we were required to do some kind of CME continuing medical education and, and they paid for it. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. It was either like sports medicine or let me check out this functional medicine thing. And, and so I went and within the first hour, I was just like blown away. Like it was all being taught from anatomy, physiology, biochemistry level, like how things work, why they work. I was like, like, why have I not been taught this? And, and, that it lasted a week and it was a long week morning to night. And, and I was the youngest guy there as far as like in career wise, I don't know about age wise, but all these older physicians that were established surgeons and ophthalmologists and all of this different stuff. And, and, and I was like, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, this is the future of medicine. And that was 2011. Um, and they're like, if you're just starting, you should do this, do this. And, and, I, and I was like, kind of like, screw it. I don't have anything else that I really like I'm passionate about. This sounds interesting. So I'll, I'll try it. And, and the other thing is that the reason I went into medicine is when I was a senior in college, my best friend was diagnosed with lupus and, and during spring break and passed away three months later, which is kind of mm -hmm. like an unheard of progression of lupus. Yeah, um, absolutely. But I, by at that point, four years of medical school, one year of residency, I already kind of knew I wasn't going to be helping anybody with lupus. Right. And, mm -hmm. and now I could say, I can't even count how many people I've helped go into remission from lupus because of functional medicine. Um, so I think deep down, you know, that, that um, subconscious, like subconsciously, I knew what I wanted to do and, and I found a way to do it. I got lucky. Yeah, that's incredible. It sounds like I found you at the right time because I know, 
from my own life experience of simply being a man, let alone being a man in a Western medically educated world, is that the idea, you know, of, of where you came to, which was, you know, all of these ideas about let's talk about your parents, let's talk about your, your emotions. It's like uh, most people are really resistant to that kind of stuff, especially men and especially doctors. <laughs> I stomped my feet. My, my therapist, she remembers I'm still friends with her and I literally was stomping my feet like I'm not doing this. Like that, yeah, that's how I bad can, it was. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> so when you, so you went into this world, how many years ago have you, have you been, how many years have you been doing the functional medicine thing now? I graduated residency in 2014. And so I've been in solo practice 2014. Uh, the first year was kind of a mix of traditional and functional, but really since 15, it's been just pretty much straight functional. So I didn't spend too much time in the traditional world besides residency and kind of that first year. So it's mm -hmm. been yeah. it, 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 all, 10 years almost. Yeah, nice. Um, I, and I guess from there, you know, you're talking about helping people with lupus. And what do you find when you went into this functional medicine world was, I mean, I'm going to generalize here, but is it the core of a lot of people's issues that Western medicine isn't looking at? Is it toxins? Is it heavy metals? Is it hormone imbalances that the medical system won't check for because it costs too much money? Like, is there some kind of like obvious area that functional medicine covers that Western medicine doesn't? In functional medicine, they teach you start with the gut, start with the gut, start with the gut, start with the gut, start with the gut. Yeah. But now having practiced 10 years, I think it's a little bit of all of it, everything you mentioned. And, and that's, I think in, in traditional medicine, that's another thing we're like obsessed with like the one cause, like this causes autism, this causes diabetes, this causes high blood pressure. I, I steal that bucket analogy that, that we're all born with a bucket and we fill that bucket with stress and sugar and, and McDonald's and, uh, you know, toxins and mold and glyphosate and, and all this stuff. And, and eventually that bucket overflows. And the way we're kind of taught in functional medicine is to look at a timeline uh, to try to plot out. And then kind of the way I look at it is like, what is your bucket full of? And, and when did, you know, usually there's an inciting event that, that causes that bucket to overflow, right? Like it could be one course of antibiotics. And, and I was just working with a family where the son developed ulcerative colitis and they blame it on this one course of antibiotics. And the way I described it to him, I was like, well, you were doing this, this, this before, and this could have been filling his bucket. He was born by a C-section, wasn't breastfed all the vaccines and, you know, and then eventually it might look like this one inciting antibiotic, but most likely it was that, you know, this bucket had been filling for a while and, and it had overflowed. Um, so I, I, I mean, in both of my books, what I talk about is the mental, emotional, spiritual component. I, I, I break it down to five and I think you listed all five and it's food, gut health, hormones, toxins, and mental, emotional, spiritual health. And um, I don't know whether it's because of my own journey uh, with mental, emotional, spiritual health or just being a perfectionist and, and like focusing. And, and, you know, I waited like eight years of practicing or seven before writing, starting to write my books because I wanted the experience. I wanted, you know, I always knew I wanted to write, but I wanted the data. And, and all I could ever think about is people that weren't weren't getting better. Right. So I could diagnose 10 people in a week with candida. And, and that's the, causing their eczema and they're not getting better. 
why are the four not getting better? And then I look at, well, they have a traumatic relationship. They, they have a history of trauma. They, they have too much stress at work. They're not sleeping enough. And, and so for me, I started focusing. And again, it might be because of my own personal journey, but that component of the mental, emotional, spiritual part, the sympathetic nervous response versus the parasympathetic nervous response. And when that sympathetic nervous response is chronically activated, you can't detox. Your gut can't heal. Your microbiome is shut down. Your hormones will get screwed. So that, to me, out of the five, I think is the, the most important. It, in a lot of ways, is the one that I have the hardest time helping people with, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, I know what's worked for me, but also what has worked for me changes. Different, different points in my life, different things are working. So there's not a magic pill. We've all kind of gone through our own different traumas. And, and so... I think the biggest thing that I help people do is just make them realize that this is an issue, right? And that, that's like step one in AA and step one in, in recovery is accepting there's a problem, right? And, and I can't tell you how many people, most that have come through my office in the beginning are like, F you, like, I don't have stress. That's not the problem. Just give me the right supplement. Give me the right gut test. Give me the right hormone test. Detox me from mold and, and everything will be fine. And I'm like, and I'll, I'll fight back with people. I'm like, I'm not going to waste your time. Like if, if you're not going to be open to this part of it, I, I can assure you, you're, you're not going to get better. I, I can promise you, I, I'm a perfectionist. I can think of every patient that, that didn't get better because they wouldn't let, like just to accept that part. And, and, and once you accept it, I mean, for a lot of us, it takes a lot of years, even after accepting it to actually deal with it. But at least at that point, there's hope. And, and to me, when there's not that acceptance, then the, there's never, there's not a lot of hope. And it's just that it shuts down your body. And we know the reason that, you know, the way is why, right? Like, it, and we just starting with the gut or starting with the hormones or starting with the liver. And, and so you can't detox, you can't heal a gut when that's active. Is it weird to say that I'm getting deja vu from seeing my own functional medicine practitioner in this moment? <laughs> oh, awesome. Good. Good. That's yeah, I can good relate to the story of stress. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. From a physical standpoint, I think the most common thing that I treat is SIBO. Um, and I wrote a whole chapter on it in my book, and I probably should have wrote a whole book on it because I feel like it's still so misunderstood and mm -hmm. it's so common. Um, the second most common thing I treat is probably mold toxicity. Um, yeah, right. And I would say the one thing that almost every person I've ever tested has is heavy metals. Um, and, and so maybe that's what I treat the most, but that's more of usually typically it's a slower results. So you get faster results with SIBO or mold, um, with hormones. Uh, I mean, thyroid disease is the most common disease that, that practitioners run into. I would like say Hashimoto's. Yeah. That, that one's really easy. In my opinion, um, the, the more difficult one that almost I'd say 75% of women that come into my office um, in before menopause. So when they're still in their reproductive years is estrogen dominance. Um, it's such a common condition. Um, and when you can correct that, so many things improve um, food sensitivities. You know, you wouldn't be a functional medicine practitioner if you didn't start with food. Um, so I think those are some of the highest yield things, but I think the one that, that can block all of it is that mental, emotional, spiritual part. And that's why I'm so passionate about it.
Would you say when we're talking about conditions like SIBO, heavy metal detoxification, um, and and just I guess all of those things that destabilize the gut, are, are they the people? And mold was the other one. Are they, are they the people that have been to loads of conventional doctors, have issues that they can't seem to identify, and they've been seeing practitioner after practitioner after practitioner, and it turns out that those are possibly the problems, and it's just that the mainstream system doesn't look there. They don't look there because there's not a medication for most of it, right? And, yes. and this is my very <laughs> biased opinion that, that I believe that medical school and residency is like the the biggest cult or brainwashing in the world. You're in good company. I feel exactly the same. <laughs> it's just we are like it's almost like in your 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 um I'm wondering what I'm trying I'm missing the word, but it's almost like you're punished or you're if you don't prescribe meds, it's like you're bad and you're not good. And so I, I really believe that like, cause almost every patient every day that walks into me, the first thing they say is I hate every doctor I've met. Um, most of the patients I see now have been to most of the university hospitals, Mayo clinic, Cleveland clinic. A lot of times now I'm, I'm seeing a lot of functional people that have already seen other functional medicine people. Um, so, but they, they, there's just so much anger at medicine and, and that, that that's trauma. I mean, so many people just have trauma just from their medical care previously, but getting back to your question of like the way we're trained is okay. I, you tell me your symptoms, I diagnose a disease and then I have a pill for that disease for heavy metals. They, they, there's not necessarily a pill for mold. There's not a pill for SIBO, there's now an antibiotic. So some people are catching, some regular doctors are getting onto it, but like dysbiosis of the gut, there, there's not a pill for that. And, and so a, a traditional doctor is not going to test you for something that they don't have no clue what to do with. And, yeah. and one thing that I try to do is also take it easy on physicians because just how much hate I hear is that like, I think physicians go into it for the right reasons, for the most I part, like you want to help people. You don't realize that you're getting into a cult um, that, that is just big pharma. Um, and if you don't follow their rules, you get kicked out, right? You fail out, then you lose all this money that you spent. So you got to do what they tell you. Um, and it's so I, I try to take it easy and explain that to, to patients because I don't think you know people that haven't been through the medical training understand it. Um, but I, I, I kind of blame big pharma, which then gets into politics. And I mean, it, it's all connected And the traditional medicine to me is the greatest business model in the history of the world. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it, it is get you sick as young as possible, keep you alive as long as possible, and then just load you with pill after pill after pill. Well, and that alongside the other trillion dollar industry, which is like fast food and sugar. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that that that's the connection for sure. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I, I had a woman yesterday who came to me and, and, and she had an MS diagnosis years ago. And she said it for years, every time she would go to her doctor, he would give her a new medication. And then she would go home and turn on the TV. And, th and there was a commercial for that medication mm -hmm. like that night. And, and, and so, you know, and she's like, I respected him. But like I quickly caught on like the, he's not even thinking he's just doing whatever the newest drug rep that's coming in with the most money uh, is telling him to do. Yeah. 
So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. It's, it's a little different in Australia. It's not as in your face, but a lot of it still happens in a similar way behind closed doors. So I would say that generally speaking, and you know, the listeners of this show are sort of half Australian and probably a third from the US. Um, and so, yeah, I would say Australians are less aware of the financial and political reality because it's so, we're just a slightly different culture. America's a bit more out there. Um, but it's very similar in regards to the the money, the reps, the ads, you know, um, I mean, they've changed a lot of the laws here in the way that um, pharmaceutical reps can communicate with doctors, but they, they find their ways, you know. Right. Yeah. So. And they, I think they've changed some of it here, too. For I, I know they have. I mean, obviously, drug reps don't come to my office, so I don't I don't really have any interaction with them. But mm -hmm. um, I do think it's less. But again, like you said, they're, they're just finding different ways to do it. Yeah. That, yeah, totally. So I'm curious to get into the um, the heavy metal detox and mold um, because I think that's a much greater problem than people realize. And it's really difficult to communicate to people just how toxic our world is because, and I had this conversation this week with with a group of clients um, because they sort of listen to the podcast. They've been working with me for a while and they have this sort of moment of overwhelm, which is just like everything's broken. Like, you know, the food's so messed up. Even the natural food that we're eating, you know, from the farm is covered in all sorts of pesticides. And then the air we breathe, especially if you live in a city. And they were like, Maddie, you know, do we really need to do all of these things? And I was trying to paint the picture of, you know, from imagine us 10,000 years ago, let's say. Um, and the human body hasn't really changed in that 10,000 year period, but our environment has changed catastrophically catastrophically, you might say. So I'm curious, like your experience with detoxing heavy metals, what you see, like just sort of an overview of like what the average person comes in with in that realm of toxicity. Yeah, I like to start with just talking about what toxins are and, and how they get in their body and then where they go, right? Mm -hmm. So toxins are basically substances that cause cell injury or cell death. And, and toxins either can come from the inside, from your gut, from stress, or they come from the outside, right? And that, that's what we're really focused on is the outside world. It's, 
like you said, it's literally everything. Like the 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 computers, the in front of us, the five G, the Bluetooth, the the cans, the cups, the air, the water. It's like the clothes, um, the rain. I, there was even a study I saw. It was either out of Australia or New Zealand that uh, there's microplastics in the rain, and, wow. and they're finding it in the testes of men. Right. Yeah. So they just by going outside and getting rained on, you're you're screwed. Oh my god. <laughs> right. So toxins, so there are these substances, right, that, like you said, that that's like the main change we've seen are in, in, not in our bodies, is in our environment. They're fat soluble. And we have three barriers to keep them out. We have our skin, our gut, and our lungs, right? Your skin is a barrier. Your skin is super thick. Your lungs, they, they have cilia, they have alveoli, they, they have fluid that pushes things out. And the one that a lot of people don't think about is your gut. Your gut is actually the easiest gateway into your body. And so when Hippocrates said all disease begins in the gut, to me, that's why, because that's the easiest entryway. And basically, since he said that, everything we've done is screw our guts and then screw our environment <laughs> to let all this stuff in. Right. So that, that that's, a, I think, a huge concept that people don't understand is your gut is actually like the one of the most important barriers you have and people treat it like shit, right? People wash their hands 20 times a day, but then they'll go to the gas station and just start throwing anything down there. Well, it's a lot easier for things to get in through your gut than your, than your skin. So the toxins, well, if they get in, they're looking for fat, right? And, and guess what? Every cell in your body has a membrane that has fat in it, right? And we have like there's rough estimates between men and women, but roughly like 20 to 30 trillion cells, right? And like 10 trillion of those are red blood cells. Roughly, let's say there's 15 trillion cells in your body, right? And, and they all are, these are cells that are surrounded by fat. So that's the, a toxin, whether it's glyphosate from Roundup, whether it's the, the microplastics, again, the heavy metals, the mold, they've got a lot of places to hang out. Right. They, 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 there's, there's a breeding. There, there's just like open property everywhere in your body for these things to get stored. Lucky for us, the first place our body sends them is, is our liver. Right. And everybody thinks of detox. They think of their liver. Your liver, what it does is very simple. It, it's a two phase process which makes those toxins water soluble. And once they're water soluble, you then pee, poop and sweat them out. That, that's all detox is. And our liver is limited by our genetics, right? So again, our bodies didn't change very much. So our liver could only handle a certain amount of things. And then your liver also needs a bunch of different nutrients to function, right? So you can screw your detox by either being exposed to too many things, by not getting enough nutrition, or by both things, which is what most people are dealing with. Right. So if the liver doesn't take care of them, then they get stored. What's your fattiest organ? Your brain. Right. And, and, and so our, our brains, sadly, are full of, of toxins for most of us. And, and they wonder why, like dementia and all these different types of brain diseases and, and autism are all skyrocketing. We might want to look at our toxic environment that I think we should. You know, most people don't. But it kind of makes sense, right? Makes so total sense. That's the piece of it that I like to explain because I don't think a lot of people understand. You know, most people that have been exposed, it's just, you know, people online selling detox support and these detox products. And, and I personally kind of hate a lot of that stuff because mm -hmm. 
I, I'm a, a testing guy. I, I want to test you for heavy metals. I want to test you for mold. I want to test you for glyphosate. Those are kind of the same main ones that I have tests available. I wish I had tests for microplastics and other things, but I'm sure some of those tests are still coming. There are some herbicides and pesticides that uh, certain labs can test for. So we're still limited in our ability to test for these things. I was going to ask, what, what is on that, on that testing piece, what is your number one go-to sort of general overview of a toxic situation for somebody? What is the test that you go to? So the, I go to the individual toxins. I, I go to a heavy metal test, which I use pre and post chelation testing. Mm -hmm. um, for mold, I use urine mycotoxin testing. And then uh, for glyphosate, you can actually do a, just a urine glyphosate sample. And glyphosate is the main component of Roundup. Mm -hmm. And Roundup, just for the, the listeners, Roundup is what has been put on our um, farms and all of the vegetables for many, many decades at this point. Yeah, yeah, since the 90s. Um, so those are the three toxins I can test you for. Um, because in general, like in, in general medicine, like they're like people come in and they're like, well, test my liver. Cause if I'm toxic, my liver must be inflamed. Mm -hmm. Our bodies are super resilient. Like you really gotta really, really get a heavy, heavy dose of toxins for your liver to get inflamed. There's another marker called GGT, which is another non-specific marker that could become elevated if you're toxic. Um, some people say uric acid is a test. Uh, you could test glutathione levels. And, and if the glutathione is depleted, you can infer that the person's toxic. The, I think that's a major uh, difference between general or traditional medicine and functional medicine too, is I'm not looking at your acute toxicity. Like it, it doesn't take a genius to figure that out. Like if, if you got a bunch of lead in your body and you're acutely neurologically ill, like the kids in Flint, Michigan here were in America were a few years ago, that's not difficult to diagnose. What the concept we talk about in functional medicine is total toxic body burden, right? And so that that's the difference why, because like the people that be at Monsanto and the people that make Roundup argued, well, glyphosate is safe, right? We have these studies that say glyphosate is safe. Well, glyphosate, when you do the studies on just that, maybe they could show it's safe, but in Roundup, it's mixed with a hundred other chemicals and that's where the problem happens, right? And that's where it happens in our body. It's not just the lead. It's, well, it's lead and you have mercury and you have arsenic and you have mold and you have glyphosate and you have plastics. And we haven't even talked about like bath and beauty products. Like the average woman is exposed to a hundred different toxins before even leaving the house, um, just through yeah. bath and beauty products, right? And so it's just this constant onslaught and that, that goes back to that bucket and your bucket is just filling and filling and filling and eventually it overflows and, and we all have different size buckets. Um, I had a family ask the other day, they're like, well, why did my, my kid get sick? And, and it's like, they're doing the same stuff as their friends. And, and, you know, you could call that genetics. You can call it bad luck. Um, God's plan. You bucket size is kind of what I say is some of us have a huge bucket and we can smoke cigarettes all day and drink all day and, and never eat a vegetable and never get sick. And, and then you have a family that, you know, never vaccinates their child, only feeds them organic and, and they develop autism. And, and, and it's, it's really sad. And all you can do is your best and try. Right. Um, so that that's, but that's a big concept is again, we're 
toxic burden, right? And that toxic burden starts before we're even born. They, they've done studies on the umbilical cord blood. The umbilical cord is what goes from mom to the infant, right? And so that umbilical cord is feeding nutrients. It's supposed to be feeding nutrients for nine months. They, they found over a hundred, there's multiple studies that show they found over a hundred different toxins in umbilical cord blood. So you're screwed before you're even born, right? You're, you're, you're already born with a toxic load, right? And, and then you, the, you start introducing the, the formulas and the sugars and the food and breathing the air and, and the chemical, all of it. And, and it just keeps building and building and building. Um, so, but the testing, so like I said, the, some of those nonspecific tests are hard because our bodies are super resilient. And so this low level of accumulation that we're getting, it's not enough to inflame your liver. Your GGT is not always going to be elevated, but you can have a ton of lead in your body, right? And, and uric acid might not be high, but you might have a lot of mold in your body. And, and so that, that's what makes it tough. It, it makes it really hard. And, and so sometimes the people that actually test positive for the specific toxin are a little bit luckier because then we know exactly what to do about it, right? And we can watch them heal. Um, but I, I think my favorite point to share about detox, because this, like, you know, a lot of people can go like, listen to this and be like, well, I'm screwed, right? I don't know what to do. I've felt that way every time I've gone to an environmental medicine conference. I'm like, I walk <laughs> out of there and I'm like, can't eat, can't drink, can't breathe. Like, <laughs> I totally understand. Well, that was going to be my my next question is one of the things that frustrated me about being in the cancer hospital as I started just to observe the process. And, you know, I was, I was very young, um, was just the idea that people get cancer at home you know, that's a general statement, but they go, you know, where they, where they live and what, what they do causes cancer, let's say. They come to the hospital, seek a solution, may or may not get it, but the idea is that they do get it. And then they go back to the same environment. And so that, that, that leads to my question, which is a conversation I have with clients regularly, which is, well, do I have to move to the middle of nowhere in order to not reverse all of the good work that I've done with you? In 2020, I moved to Montana, which for the for people that don't know the, the geography too well of America, it's middle of nowhere in the mountains, Rocky Mountains. There, there's more bears in Montana than there are humans. And, and I hid out <laughs> there for three years and I just came back to Chicago this year. Um, it, it, you can do that. I mean, it, it doesn't it's not that bad. I mean, I, I, could, it, I honestly kind of enjoyed it, but that's not an option for most of us. Right. So there's four things that I think people should do every day to detox, right? Number one is sleep, right? Get, Get rest, right? Because that all day long, your body's fighting. Sleep is when you're restoring. That's when your immune system restores. That's when your liver restores, right? So sleep, pee, drink lots of water, pee all day long, poop, at least once a day, a solid snake, as my, my colleague Terry Wallace says, <laughs> you should poop a snake every day and sweat, right? Those are four things that every person can do that are free. And, and that is all based on the fact that detox is making toxins water soluble, right? So if you're peeing, pooping and sweating, you're getting that stuff out every day. And the sleep yeah. is just allowing you to restore to do it again the next day, right? 
So mm -hmm. I don't think it has to be that complicated. Um, I don't think it has to be that expensive that you have to go out and buy all these designer new detox products. It, it, it can be as, as basic as just take care of yourself. Right. And, and, but in order to be pooping every day, in, in my opinion, you have to unfunk your gut as my book is called. And, 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 you know, a lot of people aren't pooping regularly and, and then that gets into diet and that gets into your microbiome and that gets into SIBO. So that's where it does a lot of times with detox start with, as I started with functional medicine, start with the gut, start with the gut, start with the gut. So if you're not pooping regularly, then you're not detoxing regularly. So that's your first goal is, is figure out what the deal is. There's something with your diet. There's something with your microbiome or stress. Those are usually the three things that are preventing you from, from moving your bowels daily, right? And then once you get your moving your bowels daily, then you're really going to start detoxing. For, for most people drinking water, you, you know, there shouldn't be an excuse not to do that. I hope, um, you know, drinking lots of water to, to pee, um, sweating, you know, the free way is to get outside, go for a run, go for a walk, do whatever you can tolerate. Um, one of the more advanced ways that I really like is infrared sauna. Um, the infrared waves help detox along with the sweating. So it's kind of a double whammy because people are like, well, can I just use like for me, my favorite room at my gym um, after I would play basketball was the steam room, right? Downtown Chicago, mm -hmm. I played two hours of basketball and then I'd hop in the steam room. And, and then one day I'm sitting there and I'm looking around and I'm like, shit, the, the steam is being made from the Chicago city water. There couldn't be anything more toxic than the Chicago city water. <laughs> so I'm like literally sitting there retoxing <laughs> through sitting in the steam room uh, so that, that's where with sauna and, and that you have to be careful. Like even if you're using a wood sauna with the materials of the wood, um, and when that's where the infrared is, is, is a good one. But again, if you don't have access to that, then, then just figure out a way to sweat, you know? And it, yeah. Do a workout. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you can do that outside. You can get an app. I, I had never worked out, not in a gym. And then in 2020, I, I learned how to do workouts at home and, and that was cool. And, and, you know, and it's easy. There's not only an excuse to not do it. So that I think yeah. is, a, the, I think a huge, just hopefully take home point. I mean, a lot of this other stuff is super cool and interesting, but like for a lot of people, they might not have access to it. And, and that's where it's like, you can do stuff to where, you know, if you don't have a choice of living in the city, you know, and, and you can't move to Montana or somewhere else in the middle of nowhere and be with the bears, it, it's, you know, and do the little stuff. Yeah. Well, and I think as well, because I totally agree with you, a lot of those biohacking, detoxifying things for your environment are very expensive um, and yeah. they're hard to come by. It's hard to know who to trust um, because the biohacking space is, you know, sort of such a small group of people. So I, I often encourage people to go in the other direction. Instead of adding things to your home, it's much easier to detoxify your environment via subtraction. Anything that is a fragrance, literally anything that is a fragrance has usually got endocrine dis disruptors in it, uh, sometimes carcinogens in it. There's a lot of products now that are automated to make your home smell lovely. Um, if it smells lovely and it's not an essential oil or a food, it's probably highly toxic. So subtracting out those false fragrances from the home, which I think are extremely popular. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even candles, people don't realize yeah. like even candles are super, they're like, they're so pleasant and they create this atmosphere. They're toxic, right? Yeah. yeah it's a great, that's a great, I, I, 
I haven't heard that, but that's such a simple way that pretty much anything with a fragrance, uh, you watch watch out for it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Unless it's a sort of an organic essential oil, um, yeah, rem- right. remove it. And believe it or not, the smell of your house without those scents, if it stinks, you probably got a toxic home. <laughs> so you probably should check it, check that out. Have, have you ever been on uh, ewg.org, environmentalworkinggroup.org? Yeah, yeah, I have, but not for a while. Yeah. They're the group that puts out the Dirty Dozen, yeah. the Clean 15. Um, it, I don't know. I, I still think it would be helpful in Australia, but I think they mostly focus on American products. But there's so many resources there where you could, EWG.org, anybody could go on there and it's free. And you could look up sunscreens, right? Sunscreens, that, that, that's one where I actually think more skin cancer is due to the chemicals in sunscreen than just getting out and getting some sun. I completely agree. Like, yeah, we should do a whole episode on sunscreen. <laughs> yeah. But then you can go on there and there's, there's beautiful reports and it's all evidence-based data. Um, you can type in foods and, and cleaning products and all this stuff. And, and they'll, they teach you for free, you know, what to use instead. And, and it's an amazing free resource. And in the last chapter of my, my book, get the funk out, same thing, but my book's 20 bucks. So if, if you don't want to spend the 20 bucks, check out ewg.org. And, and it's a beautiful place to just learn about simple things that, that you might not realize that, that are super toxic. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. That's a great resource. And um, I think, yeah, one thing at a time, like, you know, people don't need to be intimidated. It's just over the next couple of years, slowly change your home environment, slowly change things as you can afford them. And then they'll become normal. You're sort of spending right. that money already on, you know, the, the toxic versions. So, you know, it just becomes normal. And I think people feel intimidated sometimes in these conversations because there's so much to do. And that's why I have this little, you know, sort of phrase that I repeat, which is one tweak a week, you know, just make one small like change per week, um, you know, or month or whatever it is, but just beginning the process is so important. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So speaking of your book, and I definitely think loads of people can buy it and afford it. So let's send them there. Where can people find you online? Where can they find your book? So uh, my website is doc-coz.com, D-O-C-K-O-Z.com. Um, I actually got off of social media. Um, oh, yes. I get it. Detox, <laughs> uh, honestly, um, it, I found it to be very. T- I, I was never on it, and then I wrote my books, and I got on it, and, and I it took me two years before I was like, "Screw this! I, I don't want to do it." Um, but I, I do. I have some educational YouTube videos. I'll, I'll try to do some more, but there's a, there's a bunch on my website. Um, so through my website, there's links. Amazon, uh, any any online bookseller will be able to print my book in Australia. We've sold lo- uh, lots of copies. So uh, it really just comes down to knowing the spelling. Um, so I wanted to call my first book, Unfuck Your Gut, but my <laughs> publisher talked me out of it. So that's when we came up with Funk. Um, so it's Unfunk, but it's F-U-N-C. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Unfunk Your Gut. Um, and I, we, have a, we had a saying, we had t-shirts in my practice that said, we put the funk in functional medicine. So that turned into unfunk your gut. Um, And that book is about diet and it's about your gut um, and it's mental, emotional, spiritual health. And then the second book is get the funk out. And again, F-U-N-C. And that book, the first half is on hormones. So there's a chapter on thyroid, adrenal glands, testosterone for men, estrogen, progesterone for women, pancreas, insulin. Then there's a chapter 
on what is detox and then on the different toxins, heavy metals, mold, the herbicides, the pesticides, and then what to do, how to clean up your house, right? Basics to clean up your house. And then kind of the in between is the connection between hormones and toxins. And it's my argument that I think the main reason, and I think I make a pretty good point with 300 references that, that, that our hormones are getting so screwed up is our toxic environment. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to limit it. The part that I kind of regret is toxins aren't just screwing our hormones. They're screwing everything. Yeah. Um, I, I just wanted to put the, the two together, but they're not just screwing our hormones. They're, they're screwing up everything. Um, I think both books are great. Uh, if, if you're looking for a starting point, I would probably start with the gut book. Um, cause that's where it all begins. Mm-hmm. Uh, not my words. That's, that's Hippocrates. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the books, any, any online, um, bookseller will be able to print them, get them to you, um, through my website. And, and those are the major places. Anybody could email us through our website, um, phone numbers there and, and, Maybe one day I'll do social media again. For now, I do have a lot of podcasts out there. If people want to hear more, um, just look me up, my name. I think the key to social media for the, those of us that don't enjoy it and feel the toxicity of it as people that have personal brands is to hire somebody that posts on your behalf. <laughs> <laughs> hire that a team member. <laughs> yeah, maybe I might do that one day. Yeah, so I'll I'll put all of those links down in the show notes below for everybody. So if you have loved Dr. Coz and you want to check out any of his stuff, please scroll down to the show notes below, click the links, get into his world, get in contact if you need support in this area of your health. Um, And there's many other areas that Dr. Coz is um, proficient in. So check out him. We're going to have you back at some point, Dr. Coz, because this conversation has been awesome. So I'd love to have you back. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe we get back and, and talk gut. Or, or, you know, to get more into the test, any, any direction, anybody, whatever your listeners want. I, I love educating. I love talking. Um, so as you guys can see. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we have podcasts because 60 second reels on TikTok aren't long enough. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you for being here. Very grateful for your time. And to finish up this episode, what is one piece of health information that you wish more people knew about? How much your mental health affects uh, your physical health. Um, and, and I would say the best definition of trauma that I ever heard is trauma is anything less than nurturing, right? And, and that was a huge concept for me to accept because when you can accept you've been, because the people, they were telling me you have trauma. And I was like, screw you, I don't have trauma, right? I was sitting there in rehab and they're like, you have trauma. And I'm like, yeah, I was an immigrant, but like my parents worked. I, I got to go to a Bulls game a year. Like I don't have trauma. Right. And, and mm-hmm. then when they looked at it as anything less than nurturing, it's, it could be as simple as coming home from school and your parents don't pay attention to you. Right. Yeah. And, and, and they, they're, or they're working. Right. Which was my case. And that sets off the sympathetic nervous response. Once that's set off, you don't make stomach acid. You don't digest. You shut down your microbiome. Then you absorb more toxins. And it's only a matter of days, weeks, months, years before your bucket's full. Um, So just be easy on yourself. I like that. That's a good take-home message. Anything less than nurturing. That's a good framing. I like that. Amazing. Also stole that from one of my therapists, but I I like Hands up to therapy. Thank you. (laughs) Amazing, Peter. Well, thanks for being here. I appreciate you. And we'll organize another time for you to come back and talk all things gut. 
It's an honor. Thank you for having me. Thanks, mate. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use. And we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.